Hello and welcome to the Prepare to Compete podcast where we talk all things VA benefits, real estate, entrepreneurship, and more. Kenneth Davis, how you feeling today, my brother? Oh man, I'm wonderful, wonderful. Great day, had a uh, you know, great Thanksgiving, so uh, just, have, just blessed, blessed, man. Absolutely. We bless here to serve the people and we're trying to end the year right. You know, we have a lot going on with the VA and there's a lot we want to talk about today, but First, we want to get into giving you guys the updates on what's going on. So I hear there are some different changes and some nuances with the claim process going on currently. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of, uh, let's say, not necessarily changes, right? Uh, just a lot of, uh, I guess, uh, funnel issues, right? We always talk about, uh, everyone's talking about how, how long does it take? Uh, you know, when, when can I get my claim process? How do I get my claim process? Well, uh, just to tell you, you know, at the end of the day, listen, uh, you're going to get your claim process on a VA's timeline, but ultimately they're working hard. They're trying to process things and they're pushing things, uh, things along uh, based on some of the data and reports that we're receiving. Okay, great, great. Okay, so now is there um, any type of potential things that happen to kind of lead to this backlog? You know, there was there was a huge back. There's been a huge backlog in a on a few uh, in the last few months, right? Um, and we we really talk about and we really pushed uh, the 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 they actually pushed the PACT Act, right? That was signed into law around August 10th, uh, 22, right? Uh, the Biden administration. So when they pushed that through, uh, a lot of impact of claims been pushed through. So when they actually pushed the claims through, they were actually making sure that veterans were being served. But now it's starting to reflect in some of the data, right? Um, so there was, again, they currently have a, a current uh, claims pending at the moment, and that's just compensation claims that have been pushed through to the VA at about 1.1 million claims. Oh, wow. Yeah, about 1.1 million claims. And I want to tell you, that is a large amount of uh, claims that's currently impacting, okay, uh, and currently impacting the VA. Um, it is just something that they're just going to have to continuously push through. So with that, that's the largest in, in the last decade since reporting it around uh, 2012. And that's when the VA started reporting things, pushing things out, getting the data to the public. And once they started getting the data to the public, um, at that point, you know, you open yourself a room for a little scrutiny. So with that, uh, these are the things that we also want to make sure that we take into consideration when we are making sure that we submit our claims, right, uh, as a veteran. So as a veteran, typically you want to submit claims such as a fully developed claim, right? Uh, that's going to probably cut down some timelines on the timeliness of your claim. Uh, but with this, with this backlog, there's still going to be some time frames where uh, some claims may get stuck in the backlog, uh, regardless if it's a fully developed claim or not. You know, and what I mean by fully developed claim, I mean that's a claim that is particularly uh, foolproof in the means of you have all your evidence, you have all your statements, you have everything that you need. Okay, uh, everything is going to be uh, completely filled out, perfectly fine, where the VA can review things and get things moving forward. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay, so now with uh, the backlog in the process, how long is it going to take for veterans to kind of get a decision now? What's like the average time frame? Well, um, so the time frame has it creeped up to about 146 days or so. Uh, you know, typically average, right? We talk about 100, about 120 days, uh, somewhere around there. Uh, but with that, if you're uh, pushing a fully developed claim, hopefully you'll be able to get that 
trimmed down a bit, hopefully about 90 days or so. Uh, but in regards to that, you also want to take into consideration of examinations, taking consideration uh, the evidence that you're submitting, taking consideration of all the information that uh, pretty much has uh, your evidence for your claim. Okay, great, great. So now, all right, so it's, uh, we know it's going to take a little bit longer. And now you're talking about the examinations, right? And, you know, I know when scheduling examinations, it can kind of vary a lot. Uh, based on like location, where you are, different things of that nature. Uh, what should the veterans be on the lookout for as far as making sure they get the examination scheduled as soon as possible? Well, uh, to be very frank with you, making sure all your documentation is fine-tuned, uh, crossing the T's and dotting I's, right? Um, you don't want the VA to have to come back to you. They don't need to come back to you asking for information because a lot of the information is uh, primarily uh, um, going to be small things, right? Unless they're requesting medical information or medical evidence from your physician. Um, if you have your DD-214, give the basic information, right? Uh, service time, your obviously basic information, date of birth, uh, uh, branches, all that information. Make sure that is, uh, make sure that is, is right. Uh, because you don't want to delay a claim uh, based on personal information that you have, right? Um, also, making sure that certain things of, of your medical evidence, make sure your medical evidence is legible, small things of, of that nature, and making sure that your medical evidence are legible so the VA can be able to review it, okay? A lot of times I've seen on a constant basis medical evidence being submitted and pushed through, and unfortunately, when it's pushed through, it's not legible, okay? The picture is distorted. Uh, or the PDF is distorted, or the physician sent in bad info. So that 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 type of stuff there. Absolutely. So now I know I've seen other occasions and kind of heard from veterans where they may have put all the medical evidence in there, and the VA just still requests something that was already submitted. You know, like what's going on when those kind of errors occur? Well, everyone makes mistakes, right? <laughs> Listen, you know, the I know. Uh, the, the, the VA is a huge agency. Uh, some of the greatest minds work for those organizations. Uh, but we must also take in consideration everyone makes mistakes. All right. With that being said, always making sure that you have a copy yourself. Uh, they also used to tell you in the military, make sure you make a copy of that. Make sure you make a copy of that. It's always related to your service medical records, your pay, your, uh, your promotions, right? Uh, your medals. Uh, and different things of that nature. Well, I will, I will stretch to say the same thing. Make sure you make a copy of that, okay? Make sure you make a copy of that because I'm gonna tell you right now, it may take them, it may take them a month to get to your case file just to review your medical evidence. But I will tell you right now, if you do not have a copy of that and they're requesting it, it's gonna take three more months for them to be able to get it, okay? Uh, make sure you make a copy of your case file. Absolutely. Okay, that works. So now let's say I submitted everything, right? So I have all the medical evidence in there and they still ask me for something that I've already submitted. You know, like how is that going on? You know, I've heard horror stories of veterans where it's like, well, they asked me for something that was already there and now I have to resubmit the same file. And I guess my 
question regarding that is they'll typically give you about 30 days to submit it. Mm -hmm. Now, so let's say if I go in there, obviously you want to be checking your VA.gov account pretty regularly. And yeah. I, I go in there, I see it, and I just resubmit it or I submit the document the next day. Are they going to wait the full 30 days to review it? Or how does that review process after they actually request uh, something in there? Great question. Great question. So they're not necessarily going to wait the 30 days per se, right? Uh, when it's requested, the information is going to be pushed through your VA.gov requesting that. Not only that, typically a, a notification letter is sent out um, and sometimes even an email. Okay. Um, as I mentioned before, make sure you have your copy of your records, any type of records, medical records, service medical records, anything. Make sure you have that handy. Upload it and, 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 and let them get their time to review it. As I just mentioned, uh, there, there's, there, there's pending claims of 1.1 million claims that in, in, that's pending in the VA system currently. That is a large amount of claims from the push of this year. Okay, um, this is something that one I've never seen before, and I've again we've assisted thousands of veterans. Uh, but with that being said, give them a little patience and compassion. Okay? okay, give them a little patience and compassion because they're not only helping you as a veteran, but there's another veteran in need that they're assisting as well. Absolutely. Great, great. So now I know we're talking about the veterans and um, helping the veterans, right? But obviously you have our active duty service members who are transitioning and they're filing claims as well. And I obviously know there's a couple different processes they can do that. Uh, they can do a day after discharge claim. They have a BDD program that they can do different things of that nature. How does um, this impact their process, right, mm -hmm. of actually getting their rating decision? Because, you know, a lot of times they're going in those special programs, they're doing everything early, and they're expecting a rating decision as soon as they get out. Yeah. Um, just as any other claims, um, I'm going to tell you right now, um, it is it's still it's still a workflow. It's still a pipeline. Uh, once your claim is uh, submitted, uh, typically what happens is, is that we want to make sure that uh, you're putting yourself in position to be able to garner the benefits immediately. Like I said before, make sure all evidence and everything that you have is readily available and also submitted to the VA to be able to trim down some of that time frame. But when we're talking about before discharge claims, a lot of times it's advertised as most veterans are going to receive a decision prior to their outside of service. Um, we do what we just mentioned. Average time frame is about 146 days. When you are under BDD claim, you have 180 days to 90 days to submit your claim. So basically three to six months before your discharge of service, right? Well, if there's 146 days to be able to render a decision, how many, how many veterans or service members are submitting right at the six month marker? Not many, not many. So just make sure you're prepared as, an, as a service member to get out without those benefits being afforded to you just at that moment, okay? Because it can take some time. It takes time. However, I can almost assure you that it's on the way, that it's on the way. So just making sure that you're prepared, making sure that you're submitting the active claims that you deserve uh, to submit, whether if it's a BDD claim, increased claim, uh, 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 direct, direct entitlement of benefits claim, uh, initial claim, uh, appeal, 
make sure you have your evidence available for submission. Okay. Um, again, I hope that answers the question, but I will say is through this process, let's, let's exercise patience, but also not only exercise patience, make sure that we're doing our part as veterans uh, to make sure that we push this process along. Okay. Uh, I, I, I can tell you right now, calling the VA every day, it's not going to work. It's not going to work. It's not going to help you out. So make sure that you're prepared to go through that timeline um, and not being so readily dependent on those funds or uh, not only funds, but benefits to come in immediately because it does take time, just like everything else. Right. All great things take time. All great things take time. So. All right. Great. Kenneth. So that's some wonderful information regarding you, the hardships and the things that are going on right now. But I had another question regarding our active duty service members transitioning. So I know mm -hmm. they have the BDD program, correct? Where yes. You can apply, you said, up to 180 days yes, uh, in advance. So now, obviously, with the backlog, they probably need to be at that 180-day mark. But um, I guess my question, it might be a little twofold here mm -hmm. in that, it, can they apply before 180 days? And mm. the second part of the question is what are some things that they can do to make sure that they receive their rating decision uh, upon discharge, you know, even with the backlog and it taking a lot longer? Great question. Um, so first, um, again, again, just to unpack that, right? First question, um, are they able to apply prior to that time frame, correct? Well, the answer is no. You're still an active duty member, you're still in service, and nine times out of 10, um, a lot of service members, active duty members, and you guys know what I'm talking about out there. Listen, you gotta go to the last minute before deciding if you wanna re-enlist or not. So, uh, based on regulatory information, M21 information, right, uh, which again is the WARMS manual, Right, that warns manual, uh, particularly discuss, you know, not being able to get, apply for benefits prior to, I mean, prior to that 180-day marker. All right, because then now you're holding up other veterans' claims. So now what they're going to do, they're just going to send you a notification letter stating that you should not uh, submit any type of claims prior to that 180-day marker. Uh, you would need to wait until 180 days. Uh, not, or the 90 days of, before discharge or when you're there after service, okay? Uh, but most people aren't even granted the information to understand that you can apply for benefits while you're still in. So each and every service member is are eligible to apply for the BDD uh, before discharge uh, claim. You can submit a before discharge claim through the VA prior to you being discharged, and you may do it at your 180-day marker. That is the time frame when you have availability to do that, okay? That's when you can do that, all right? Um, it's promoted as something that you can receive a decision prior to you getting out. Um, you know, with the current backlog that's in place, you know, I would say just wait on it there after service, right? 
Uh, but typically, again, uh, that is something that's afforded to veterans Absolutely. or active duty members, rather. Sorry. Absolutely. Absolutely. And then as I alluded to a little bit earlier, you have that program. But then, of course, you also have um, the day after discharge claim, as I uh, refer to it as, which is basically uh, you can elaborate a little bit more on the differences and the nuances. But basically, um, as soon as literally the day after you get out of service or up into a year, you can actually file your claim. You can actually get back pay up into that day after discharge. So can you talk to them a little bit about how that uh, process works? Yes, sir. So um, and you're hitting a lot of great impinging questions, right? So when we're talking about uh, uh, before discharge claims, uh, you, there is no back pay that's going to be allotted with that. So if you submitted to, uh, while you're in service, uh, you're going to be able to be compensated the day after your discharge. That is when your pay will be effective or compensation or benefits will be effective. Uh, there's other benefits that are effective prior to, but we're not going to go into that as we're going to go obviously make sure that we provide you guys another educational video amongst that. But uh, typically, that typically means your benefit's going to be active your day after discharge. Now, any claims that are presented thereafter discharge, well, that's an initial claim. That's your first initial claim of entitlement to your benefits. I will always tell any veterans, active duty members, or, 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 or what have you, to make sure that you always submit your case file as soon as possible, as soon as possible. Um, just, just as uh, being a veteran myself, um, you don't necessarily always have the luxury uh, to do the proper things uh, for yourself when transitioning out of service. Um, so with that being said, I always wanna make sure that veterans have the opportunity to submit your case files or your claims as soon as you can. Reason being, there is no re-entry to military service. There is no re-entry to military service to gather any type of documentation, any information, or anything that you may need. So please always make sure that you submit your case files and your claims as soon as possible. Absolutely. Okay. Definitely. Makes sense. Makes sense. So, so now with that, so active duty member transitions out of service, uh, they submit a claim within that first year. It's going to be backlogged until that day after discharge for back pay purposes. Mm -hmm. Now, let's say they wait a year and a day, right? <laughs> now, what happens if it takes them a year and a day to file that claim? Well, um, if you wait a year and a day, I'm going to make sure that you understand this, you guys, uh, all active duty members, all service members, all veterans, everyone. If you wait a year and a day, I'm going to tell you now, uh, you may miss out on some valuable uh, entitlements and benefits, whether if it's compensation, whether if it's healthcare, whether if it's education benefits or such. Do not wait. Do not wait. When you have the opportunity to go ahead and submit your claim to the Department of Veterans Affairs, please do it as soon as possible because I'm going to tell you why. If you wait a year, uh, if you wait a year thereafter service, a year and a day, well, you just missed on 365 days of back pay. You just missed on 365 days of entitlement benefits that you could have been receiving uh, that is allotted to yourself and your family. So I want to emphasize the point to make sure that you try to submit your claim as soon as possible. And if you don't, that's no problem. 
It, every, we always can make sure that we rectify because of rules, regulations, and updated directives that they provide us. We will always make sure that we have availability to service, okay, and educate. However, you don't want to push yourself in a, a aspect of disservice by not receiving your back pay. Absolutely. Okay. No, that's great information. I don't want to take us too far off of uh, the emerging issues that we have, but I have one other follow-up question regarding that. So, mm -hmm. um, and definitely, obviously, other active duty members may have this question, so I just want to make sure they're getting all the questions answered there because um, they may have heard about the intent to foul and different things of that nature. And now when you're active duty and we're talking about that 365 days, so do you have 365 days to actually submit your claim or do you have 365 days to submit an intent to file your claim? Great question. So you have 365 days to submit your claim. Your day after discharge is considered for regulatory purposes in the M21 manual. It's considered as an intent to file marker. Okay. So with that being said, make sure you understand your day after discharge of service is purposeful as an intent to file. But I will always preface you to still make sure you submit one just in case. It, it, again, there's many ways to do it um, electronically, manually. Get it to the VA. Get it to the VA. Get your intent to file submitted no matter what. Even if you don't submit the claim. It happens all the time. People, veterans are busy. Okay, we're, we're again, veterans are busy. They have families. They have school they have some are still in the reserves uh there's so many different uh aspects of life that most people are busy so with that being said even if it's not submitted just go in and go resubmit another just resubmit another um, it, it will behoove you to do so because even if you don't do it at that moment six months from now you may say oh i was working on something get back to it absolutely no definitely definitely so and thinking about that we got a lot of extra gems out of kenneth here to yeah. do this segment uh and we're about to get right back to our urgent issue with you know what's going on with the claim delay so uh stay tuned while we get back into that all right welcome back to the prepare to compete podcast and we're here talking about this breaking news going on in the world of va claims so kenneth Kind of uh, continue on on what we're talking about and what our veterans and even our active duty service members uh, filing a claim need to be aware of. Yeah, I mean, uh, just circling back, I mean, uh, just when we're talking about the claims files, um, ultimately, we always want to make sure that everyone is understand uh, that the VA needs to process these things, right? Uh, time, need, time needs to go by for things to be processed. But with that being said, I want you to also understand that uh, currently, since the PACT Act, uh, again, there was just a free flowing of case files running through. So that actually pushed up the amount of claims that are in the VA system currently. And when we're talking about that, it's about one about 1.1 million claims that are currently pending at this moment. Right. Um, so uh, to say the least, I want to make sure that our veterans and everyone understands that make sure that you're having the consistency of your evidence and everything that you need to submit, submit it to the VA because it may take longer than you expect. Okay. Uh, typically when we see 
churning times. It usually runs about 110 days, uh, a fair time frame. And I've been doing this for a long time, right? I've been doing this for an extremely long time. But when we're talking about that, now it's spiked up all the way to 146 days. And that's just an average, right? That, that can be claims that are uh, has two to three issues, right? One issue. So they can, it, a lot of those numbers can be not necessarily manipulated, but a lot of those numbers can be adjusted, right? Uh, in depending on what needs to be reported. So with that being said, if you have a claim that has 50 issues, 30 issues, 20 issues, it's probably going to take a little bit of time. Okay. But now just make sure that you have everything that you need and you're getting it to the VA as you need. Okay. Uh, to be able to hopefully uh, get a rendered decision uh, much quicker than normal. Okay. Um, so I always recommend making sure that all your evidence, uh, you, you submit, you're submitting a fully developed claim. And as I mentioned before, the fully developed claim, all evidence of record, all evidence of record. Okay. So uh, with that being said as well, um, I did want to kind of touch on the backlog, okay? Uh, the backlog, uh, that these numbers are some of the highest numbers over the last decade, okay? Over the last decade. Uh, when we're talking about the amount of numbers, uh, the amount of claims that are currently in queue, that, that again, since reporting in, in 2012, that never, it's never been. It's never been that high, okay? Uh, but, you know, when we're talking about the backlog, the backlog, and when we're talking about backlog, what that specifically means, that means claims that are within the VA's queue for more than 125 days. Any claim that is in the VA's queue more than 125 days, that is considered a backlog case. Now, when we're talking about backlog, uh, there's currently about 313,000, 313,000 claims pending in regards to backlog. So with that said, you know, brief story, you know, when, when I actually uh, spent some time within the Department of Veterans Affairs, uh, there again around, uh, I worked in uh, Washington, D.C. Um, at the Department of Veterans Affairs, uh, traveled around for many years. Um, you know, supporting veterans. Uh, I've been in support of veterans for many, many years in all aspects, but uh, specifically in regards to claims itself. Well, at around about 2014, 2013, there was a huge push for a backlog reduction. Uh, there was a huge push for backlog reduction. And when we're talking about a backlog reduction, that backlog reduction at that time frame, the backlog was considered to be 400,000. That was outrageous. That was just an egregious thing that was going on. And uh, the VA at the time was, had a huge push on getting, this, uh, getting these numbers down. So we can only believe to believe that with the current backlog being at 313,000 pending claims and 1.1 million claims that are in the queue, we can only foresee that backlog to continue to rise. And at that time, when I uh, was actually rating, uh, doing these, uh, uh, again, uh, positioning ourselves to complete claims, uh, again, uh, being a, uh, a rater, decision maker, uh, making sure that these decisions are rendered uh, 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 accurately, right? 
Well, through that time frame, there was a huge stress and there was a huge push on uh, just getting claims out. Um, and this was something that was stressed because standards are very important for the VA. So when we're talking about uh, the standards of a VA disability claim, uh, each person typically uh, regards the standards, whether if they're adjusted up or whether if they're adjusted down. And this is, again, a typical basis. However, when I'm telling you this, I'm, all, I'm telling you this because there may be decisions that may not be reviewed thoroughly. Okay, the decisions may not be reviewed as thorough as you would like. Obviously, they have a quality assurance team that's going to be able to assist. But when you're talking about uh, 1.1 million claims that are currently pending, that is a lot of claims and they're not going to stop. Those claims aren't stopping. So making sure that you have a fully developed claim with all the correct evidence that you need uh, and, and, and all the statements and everything that's in your file, uh, very thorough. It's going to be beneficial because you may or may not, it may or may not decide on if you're going to receive benefits. Okay, so um, I say all that to say, make sure that you understand you, did, you do not get swept in the backlog by not submitting your correct evidence, su uh, submitting conditions that you possibly know or may not know get, are going to get service connected. Make sure you do your due diligence. Make sure you do, do your due diligence. Absolutely need to be very, very um, forthcoming with the information, making sure you're doing everything the right way. It's very important. You guys deserve the benefits. You've earned them. You've had certain hardships and things that happen. So we want to make sure that you uh, receive those benefits. So great information, Kenneth. And, you know, I still have one other question for you. Um, just, you know, again, things just kind of trigger in my mind of, this is these are really great topics and I definitely want our active duty members and veterans who are watching to get all the information and reach down in the comments of course if you have any other particular questions but one that we may get uh, from active duty members is that uh, how is this impacting any medical discharge as far as um, is that kind of delaying rating decisions on those as well well um so specifically when we're talking about active duty members to uh, be medically discharged, um, it typically does not, have, it, it shouldn't. I'm not gonna say it is or it isn't, uh, but it is the VA working with the DOD and there's a lot of intertwining uh, various components that could, could you know, delay your process. Uh, but when we're talking about a, a medical discharge, typically that medical discharge, if it's associated with the Department of Veterans Affairs to be able to receive benefits, um, it shouldn't hold you up that that much um, just due to the fact it is being kind of walked through with someone um, as a called a Pueblo, right, who is uh, particularly assisting you throughout that medical discharge process. So uh, but typically, again, when you're submitting your case file and you're being medically discharged, make sure that you have everything together. Okay, um, I cannot stress enough, make copies, make copies, make copies, make copies, make copies. We don't care what it is, make a copy of it because you never know when you may receive it again. Because if you're trying to get your medical uh, documentation from the Department of Veterans Affairs or the, or the, uh, the, the National Personnel Records Center, uh, there's so many issues that may come about 
uh, on average, it does take about four to six months to be able to retrieve those, right? It does take about four to six months to be able to retrieve those records uh, from those uh, from those agencies. Um, and they even had problems with uh, fires. You know, uh, there was a time period that uh, veterans' records were destroyed in fires. Again, that's another video we'll talk about. Uh, but again, with that, I want to make sure that if you're being medically discharged uh, with a medical discharge, make sure that you are currently, <clears throat> excuse me, that you are uh, gathering all your evidence just as you would if you are being discharged regularly or you're a veteran that, uh, who is uh, currently trying to retrieve their benefits. Make sure everything is made of, you have a copy of everything. Absolutely. Definitely make copies. And it kind of triggers me with uh, something else with uh, regards to making copies, because I know now uh, when you're discharged and if you request your records, the VA, they're going to send you out a disk, right? They're going to mm -hmm. send you out a disk. Uh, a lot of new computers and things aren't coming with uh, disks anymore, right? Disk drives. <laughs> Uh, so that's kind of crazy that they yeah. do that. But it just kind of lets you know as technology advances that you have to actually recheck all your medical records in your files. Because, you know, we have some veterans that may have uh, saved their stuff and they might actually have it on a floppy disk from the 90s. Right. Mm -hmm. Which, you know, obviously there are certain ways to secure that. But, you know, things become um, not functional. Uh, after a while, right? So, so you definitely want to make sure you're updating how you're storing your files as mm -hmm. well. Uh, whether it's physical records, again, fires could occur. Whether you have it on a, a floppy disk, whether you have it on a disk, that can easily break, right? So you want to actually put that on maybe a USB drive, and now you have uh, cloud storage and all different things. So when he's talking about making copies, think about the physical copies, but also think about uh, various storage methods where you store it on a hard drive, you have it on a flash drive, you have it on your computer, you have it a few different places, and you actually can have physical copies of this because you never know what can happen to those records and you never know when you actually need those. So make sure that as the technology is changing, you are having someone help you with it or you're doing it yourself to make sure that you kind of stay uh, updated with the times. No, 100%, totally. Um, and when we're talking about a lot of these technological advances, um, just as we know, the federal government are always two steps behind, right? Uh, just due to red tape bureaucracy and different things and some of the, some of the technological advances, they're not gonna be able to utilize because at the end of the day, we, we, they need permission. All, it all, need, all things need permission, right, to go through. So uh, but with that, I want you to understand that uh, specifically, those records are your lifeline to your military service, just like your DD-214 is. Make sure you take care of that as you normally would with anything else that is very important to you. Uh, because trying to retrieve them are, is a very difficult process. So make sure you take care of your records. Make sure you take care of your DD-214. Make sure you take care of your, again, all of your, uh, your personnel files. Because uh, trying to obtain that could be very difficult. And I really feel sorry for, uh, not necessarily feel sorry, but I, I really want to stretch this point and emphasize this point really quickly to um, our service members who went through that transition, who has a physical copy of records, but has also transitioned to the system of Genesis and have electronic copies of records as well. They're not always syncing. They're not always syncing with one another. 
So your physical copies, you guys keep you guys keep hold of those. But also make sure you download the copy of the electronic records as well, because they may not always tell the full story. And now, how are you going to tell the VA your story? Because a lot of times you have a very short window to tell your story. So make sure that you're able to analyze that and document that and put that out. Absolutely. Now, great point there. Great point. And now, uh, last question, I promise, you know, last question. But uh, now for our veterans that may be... Um, applying for service uh, connection and they might be experiencing a hardship right and now it's actually taking a lot longer to process the claims and i know you can file for a hardship is that going to kind of help them in the process of trying to get that rating decision a little faster to kind of help uh, with the hardship application in these tough economic times um so yes there's um there's many ways to be able to claim a hardship, but to particularly financial hardships are uh, something that are considered, right? Uh, but when we're talking about a hardship, we're talking uh, particularly within the manual. The manual would state anyone over the age of 75, right, would be considered to expedite a claim, right? Um, so for hardship in particular, we're talking about homeless veterans, right? Uh, veterans and when when we're talking about homeless I want to make sure that everyone understands homeless does not necessarily mean uh, that you have nowhere to go you can be homeless and you can have somewhere to go but you don't have somewhere to call home okay I'll repeat that homeless does not necessarily mean you don't have somewhere to go homeless necessarily means that you don't have a place to call home, you as the veteran, okay? So with that being said, uh, when we're talking about couch surfing, when we're talking about uh, you know uh, living out of a car or living out of a, a tent, these things happen, these things happen. So telling your financial hardship story could be uh, a system to be able to expedite a case, right? Um, but with that, you know, there's very seldom ways to be able to get your case expedited at this time frame. Uh, but currently right now, uh, specifically uh, older age, terminal illness, right? Terminal illnesses um, and also homeless in nature of being categorized as a homeless veteran, okay? Uh, financial hardships are a push that is taking consideration. Um, however, it is not something that is Unfortunately, not just categorized to be pushed to the top as we want it to be, um, but it's something that unfortunately, it, it, as a previous Raider myself, you know, you're, you're looking at that and you're taking that into consideration, you're trying to get it done and you want to assist that veteran as, as much as possible, as fast as possible. However, you also want to make sure that you're doing it the correct way. So um, typically, who would come in line before that would be uh, terminal illnesses, um, and also homeless veterans. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, thank you for this segment. Thank you for this breaking news. Again, if you have any questions, definitely reach down in the comments and uh, share with us because 
Uh, likely other veterans and actively service members may have that same question that you have. So don't be afraid to ask any questions. And also don't be afraid to reach out for help. Um, we are here to help you. Uh, veterans for Veterans, you're able to kind of set up a free consultation and we'll go ahead and kind of hear what's going on with your case file. If you've already filed a claim or if you're looking to file a claim, we can go ahead and help you uh, get the ball moving on that. Yeah, we definitely always want to make sure that we're providing support, right? Education is a tool and is a key that we're trying to deploy to you. Uh, but not only that, uh, there's uh, systematic and programs, uh, systematic programs that are customized for you, right? Uh, there's no cookie cutter processes this because every, every person's military service is different. My military service isn't your military service. So therefore, make sure you're getting the correct assistance, the correct education that applies to you. Okay, so with that, please, as Mr. Jones says, please reach out. We'll love to be able to assist you. Uh, we're, we're here to help. Absolutely. Take care. Continue to check out the podcast. Catch us in the next segment. Peace.